bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. Greater Works 2018 from 30th July to 3rd August with host Pastor Mensah Otterville. This year, it's going to be super. And as we always say, it's going to be bigger, better, and greater. And my great friends are coming back Pastor Matthew Ashimolo is speaking, Bishop Tudor Bismarck is speaking, Bishop Michael Konko is speaking, and I am also speaking. The first day, I will be celebrating communion uh, with the whole audience as we formally break our 40 days of power. And we believe that this Greater Works will be seasons of power, moments of power. Come with great expectation because God is going to do something great in your life. Greater Works opens on Monday evening, 30th July at Independence Square. Morning services start on Tuesday at 9 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at ICGC Christ Temple, Abasokai. Evening services start at 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Independence Square. Music ministration by Accra Symphony Orchestra, Nathaniel Bassi, Joe Metto, and Reverend Eric Papon. Greater Works 2018. It's going to be bigger, better, and greater. And now, today's word. I'm speaking on uh, a subject that I believe is relevant to us, and my message is titled... God has not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. And this is part one of the message. Fear is a very powerful force. Sometimes it is positive. It can be a very positive force and protect us from danger. Most times, fear is a negative force and it stops us from doing the things that are right for us. And today uh, in this passage or in this series, the two-part message, I am going to focus on the negative aspect of fear, not a positive, the kind of fear that stops us from being the people that God wants us to be. And then we'll look at how that fear affects us and how we should respond to that fear. If there is a spirit of fear that is harassing you between this week and next week, we trust God that you will walk free from that spirit of fear and walk in the fullness of what God has given to you. My main text would be from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 3 to verse number 7. And this is Paul writing to the young Timothy, his protege. And this is what the passage says. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as Without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, 
and I'm persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Timothy, to whom the message is directly addressed, was a man of a very young man in the days of this writing. He was a protege of the apostle Paul. He served under Paul. He learned from Paul. Timothy was in the church of Ephesus. And in the New Testament era, in the days of the early church, the church of Ephesus was considered the largest church at that time. It was thought that the church of Ephesus had over 10,000 members uh, in its congregation. That's a very large church for those days. Very, very large. And the pastor of the church of Ephesus was Timothy. And Timothy was a very young man uh, given a very big responsibility. Timothy had a lot of issues. And if you note how Paul relates to Timothy, he was always encouraging Timothy. Because he had a lot of insecurities, uh, although he had this huge responsibility. And he was always being encouraged to rise to the assignment uh, that God has given to him. So... In this passage, Paul is writing to Timothy and, and encouraging him again. And then he talks about what God has not given us and then what God has given us. He says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. This week, today, I'll be focusing on what he has not given us. And next week, I'll focus on what God has given us. Uh, the spirit of power, love, and sound mind. But he says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. So let's look at the word that uh, is, uh, is used there, the word fear. The word fear in that passage is a very interesting word. It's uh, in the Greek is delia. And delia occurs only once in the New Testament. Only once. And this is the only time that word is used. Uh, other times fear is used it could be uh, phobos or some other uh, Greek word, but delia is used only once in the New Testament, and it's in this instance. Uh, in most of our translations, it is presented as fear, but uh, that word also has the idea of cowardice and timidity. So when, when you read that passage, it should be, God has not given us a spirit of cowardice and timidity but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. The fear here is timidity. Paul calls that spirit or that uh, fear, timidity, a spirit. So he calls it a spirit of timidity, a spirit of fear. When something is described as a spirit, it means that it possesses you and takes full control over you. It is a mindset. 
It is an unreasonable feeling that comes over you to control you. A spirit of fear can make you see what is not there. Can make you fear what you shouldn't fear. The spirit of fear manifests in many ways. But I'm going to focus on three ways in which the spirit of fear manifest the first way the spirit of fear in this passage manifests is a sense of inferiority is a sense of inferiority feeling that you are not good enough when this spirit takes hold of you you look down at yourself you belittle yourself and you feel small about yourself the spirit of inferiority when a person has a spirit of inferiority, they cannot do anything superior. They look so small that they can't do anything big. When a person has a spirit of inferiority, they will choose to fight over a small thing, but never take on the big things. Go to the marketplace and listen to the things people fight over and the things that people argue over. You can find, sometimes we've read in the newspaper that somebody has killed somebody over five CDs. Somebody has killed somebody over chicken. Now, why would somebody uh, do that? Because when you have a sense of inferiority, the little things become more important to you than the big things. You don't fight the big battles, you fight the small battles. The spirit of inferiority is a manifestation of the spirit of fear. Then the second way it manifests is a sense of inadequacy. A sense of inadequacy. It's a sense that tells you you are not capable. When this spirit takes hold of you, you feel weak in the, sense, in the face of any task that is given you. It makes you always pass over responsibility. When you are asked to do something, you say, oh, I can't do it. I don't think. Let somebody else do it. Let somebody else read it. Let somebody else say it. Let somebody else do it. It is a sense of inadequacy. It's a sense that I am not capable. So, spirit of fear manifests in inferiority. Second, I'm not capable. Inadequacy. Third manifestation of the spirit of fear is a sense of inaction. Feeling like not doing anything. You just feel like you don't have an option in the situation. You feel like there is no way out. You look on whilst things happen and you do nothing about them. The spirit of fear manifests in inferiority, inadequacy, inaction. God has not given us the spirit of fear. It's not from God for you to feel inferior about yourself, for you to feel inadequate, and for you to be in a state of inaction where you do nothing about a situation. That is not from God. Now these manifestations of the spirit of fear, they, they happen to all of us. They happen to all of us, myself included, and yourself too, I suppose, included. But it happens in various degrees of intensity. For some people, the spirit of fear is so strong that nothing good happens in their lives. For some, it is not that strong and they deal with it and struggle against it and, and overcome it. Now, what Paul is telling Timothy, that God has not given you a spirit of fear. So I suppose that he saw that 
Timothy was manifesting something that seems to indicate that the spirit of fear was ruling over him. So, if God has not given us a spirit of fear, where does the spirit of fear come from? Where do we get this sense that you are inferior, you are inadequate, and you can't do anything about the situation? You feel small about it. You feel incapable. You feel there's no way out for you. Where does it come from if it doesn't come from God? Well, I'm going to talk about four areas that produce the spirit of fear. The first is the presence of our handicaps. The presence of our handicaps. A handicap is a condition that restricts your ability to function. It's a condition that restricts your ability to function. It can be physical, it can be mental, it can be social. Each one of us knows of our handicap. For some people, their handicap is a physical ailment. It's a a sickness. And if you look at Timothy, to whom Paul is addressing uh, this, he had a handicap there. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23, Paul talks about Timothy having frequent infirmities. Frequent infirmities. So this guy, uh, in, in our modern days, will say that he is a sickly person. He's constantly sick. Constantly sick. Uh, and one moment he has this ailment, and the next moment he has a little ailment. And it seemed as if this Timothy's ailment was with his stomach. So probably he had a stomach ulcer. And, and probably he's prayed about it over and over and over and over. And the thing bothers him. And so this infirmity has become a, a handicap. For some people, it may be that they have a handicap in some area or the other. For some people, their handicap is lack of education. They didn't go to school that far. Or they went to school but didn't learn much. Which amounts to the same. For some people, their handicap is their age. You feel you're too old or too young. For some people, their handicap is a financial condition. They are broke. They don't have money. Or for some people, their handicap is a marital status. And depending on the social group you come from, uh, if you're not married, uh, you may feel handicapped. Uh, If you're married and your marriage is a hell, you may feel handicapped. Uh, Whatever it is. So... Each one of us deals with one handicap or the other. Something that is not correct in your life. And that thing that is not correct in your life can impose on you a spirit of inferiority. You feel little. You feel unable. You feel you can't do much because probably I have a problem with my leg. I have a problem with my hand. I have a a problem with my body. I have a physical ailment. I have an infirmity. I don't want people to hear about, you know, sometimes people have a handicap that only they themselves know, but they think everybody knows about it. The presence of your handicap can bring a spirit of timidity in your life. Then the persistence of our doubts, the persistence of our doubts. Your doubts are the voices in your head. It is a voice that speaks to you persistently. No one hears that voice except you. It is Satan's voice in your ear telling you about your weaknesses or your past experiences. The persistence of your doubts. 
And that voice speaks to you. You're not able. You can't do it. You're, you're weak. You are a sinner. You are terrible. Look at what you did the last time. And, and that voice speaks to you constantly. Constantly. The persistence of your doubts. It seems as if Timothy had this problem. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 10, Paul says, if Timothy comes, see to it that he is with you without fear. So it looks like Timothy was one of those people who always gets into people and is afraid. There is a voice in his head telling him, Timothy, you are not good. Timothy, you are not strong. Timothy, you are too, too young. Timothy, you are not capable. Timothy, you have a sickness. Timothy, your sickness cannot help you to become all that God wants you to be. The persistence of your doubts. The persistence of your doubts. And each one of us have a voice in our heads talking to us constantly and reminding you of something negative. But the devil is a liar. God has not given you the spirit of fear. He has given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. But that persistence of your doubt can give you a spirit of fear. Then the pressure of our expectations. The pressure of our expectations. What is that? Our expectations, whether positive or negative, can intimidate us. Negative expectations can paralyze us, but great expectations can also paralyze us. When you think life expects so much from you, but what you have is so little. Timothy was a young man who was expected to live a, lead a large mission, but he was young. And Paul had to write to Timothy and says, let no man despise your youth. In other words, Timothy is the boss of a 10,000 member church, but he meets the elders and he meets all these big people and he feels small. The pressure of the expectations. Because sometimes when, when people tell you, oh, you are great, you are wonderful, you, you feel intimidated. How many of you have felt that when people express confidence in you and you feel, wow, I hope you don't believe in me that much. Somebody says, oh, I believe you can do it. And, and the moment they say that, your heart hits you, you because you feel, I can't do it. You're expecting too much from me. You want me to do too much. You believe in me too much. And that can impose on you a spirit of timidity, the spirit of fear. The pressure of our expectations. What people expect from us. When you go through life and you are, for example, a firstborn in your family, there's so much expectation. Your father is so and so and everybody expects you to be great. Your father is a lawyer, they expect you to be a lawyer. If you become an artist, you seem like a disappointment. So you're supposed to be a lawyer for the family, but you sit in the law class and nothing works for you. All those Latin phrases can't work for you. Your, do your father was a major doctor, so everybody says, oh, you're supposed to be a doctor. You sit in medical school, and you can't figure it out. You hate blood. You hate dead bodies. But you're supposed to be a doctor. Because the expectation is you must be a doctor. And that expectation is killing you. It gives a spirit of fear. And many of us are struggling 
with expectations that have been placed on us. What the world wants us to become, which is not what we want to become. And that is giving you a spirit of fear. And the fourth way that the spirit of fear comes upon us is the persecution of our opponents. Timothy had a lot of them. Because in those days, there were false teachers who were constantly teaching the wrong doctrine. And Paul would tell Timothy, be bold, correct them. Correct them when they teach the false doctrine. But how can a young man correct people uh, when you think that those people are elders and they're teaching a false doctrine? The opponents, the pressure of your opponents. The pressure of opposition. The pressure of what comes against you. So each one of us who has a desire for life is dealing with the persecution of opponents, the pressure of expectations, persistence of our doubts, the presence of our handicaps. And everybody deals with this one way or the other. I deal with it. And if I deal with it as your pastor, I suppose you also deal with it. Maybe you are stronger, so you don't deal with it, but I deal with it. I've dealt with it as a pastor, as a young pastor. When I started pastoring, I was in my 20s. And I had to be counseling people who were my parents' age. And sometimes correct them. How are you going to correct somebody who looks far older than you? Because as an African, you are, you are taught to respect the elders. But now the elder is under you. You're supposed to correct them. And you feel intimidated. Or you meet people who know far more than you. And you feel intimidated. You feel incapable. And the spirit of timidity comes upon you. Where you feel, oh, I can't do it. Oh, I can't measure up. Oh, I'm not able. But Paul is telling us by the scripture that that spirit that comes upon you that tells you, oh, I'm not capable, oh, I can't do it, is not from God. Although you are young, you're not supposed to be intimidated. Although you have a physical ailment, you're not supposed to be intimidated. Although you have opponents, you're not supposed to be intimidated. Although you have a past, you're not supposed to be intimidated. Because God has not given you the spirit of fear. It's not from God. It's from the devil. How does the spirit of fear work? How does it work? When a person has a spirit of fear, how does it manifest? Psalm 55, verse 3 to 8. Very interesting psalm. And it tells you how the spirit of fear works. In the lives of people. Psalm 55 verse 3 to 8. It says because of the voice of the enemy. Because of the oppression of the wicked. For they bring down trouble upon me. And in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me. And the terrors of death have fallen over me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me. Does it look like somebody who has a spirit of fear? Yes, it does. Heart palpitation. 
Fear, trembling, horror, overwhelming. Now, when that spirit of fear is present, how does it work? From verse 6, you see how it works. So I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I will fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I will wander off and remain in the wilderness. Selah. I will hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. The three things that he tells us would occur when the spirit of fear is present in our lives. Three things. And for each one of us, these three things will knock on your door when the spirit of fear is at work in love. The first is flight. Flight. He says, I will fly away. This refers to avoiding the problem. I will fly away and be at rest. A sense of false peace. When you have issues to deal with, but act as if there is nothing. I'll fly away. And there are many people who are dealing with a spirit of fear. And all they do is fly away. And be at rest. It's like. A man who has children and needs to take care of the children. Maybe you have two children with, a, with your wife or a woman. You need to take care of their clothes, take care of the education, take care of the upbringing. But your pay is not elastic. And your pay cannot accommodate that. So what do they do? Fly away. Fly away. Sometimes a man just goes to live somewhere. Don't worry me. Don't bother me. Don't bother me. But you brother children, don't worry me. I want to be at rest. It is the spirit of fear that makes you run away from your problems. Don't bother me. Give me peace. I need peace. Well, then don't produce children. People who run away from their problem fly off. And there are a lot of people who have flown off. They can't face the problem. So, oh, that I had a wings of a dove. I will fly away and be at rest because my enemies and the fear is, is bugging me. Greater Works 2018 from 30th July to 3rd August with host Pastor Mensah Otebi. This year, it's going to be super. And as we always say, it's going to be bigger, better, and greater. And my great friends are coming back. Pastor Matthew Ashimolo is speaking. Bishop Tudor Bismarck is speaking. Bishop Michael Konko is speaking. And I am also speaking the first day. I will be celebrating communion uh, with the whole audience as we formally break our 40 days of power. And we believe that this Greater Works will be seasons of power, moments of power. Come with great expectation because God is going to do something great in your life. Greater Works opens on Monday evening, 30th July at Independence Square. Morning services start on Tuesday at 9 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at ICGC Christ Temple, Abasokai. Evening services start at 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Independence Square. 
Music ministration by Accra Symphony Orchestra, Nathaniel Bassi, Joe Metto, and Reverend Eric Quapon. Greater Works 2018. It's going to be bigger, better, and greater. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebill, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebill. Email otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.